0: Jason Schaefer Spires. Today is December 16th, 2021. Uh, I'm the medical director for Jason and would like to talk to you about an article that was just published a few days ago in Nature Medicine, published in Open Access on December 14th. The title of the paper is risks of myocarditis, pericarditis, and cardiac arrhythmias associated with COVID-19 vaccination or SARS-CoV-2 infection. This particular subject hit home for me because I have a son who is 11 years old. Uh, I also am a 40-year-old male. Um, My son, however, has some special education needs and goes to a small school with kids with similar challenges as he does, and clearly protecting him and the school from COVID is a top priority of mine and my wife, even though we know that as a young, healthy kid, he's very unlikely to get too sick or require hospitalization if he gets COVID. Nonetheless, uh, obviously very important for us to prevent him from getting sick and others from getting sick. However, as safety signals for myocarditis started coming out uh, a few months ago, especially in younger males, it gave my wife and I pause. And it's One thing for me to put myself at a calculated risk in taking a vaccine, however, I think many of us out there who are parents, it's a whole nother consideration when it comes to your kids. Fortunately, I've had some very good friends and colleagues who were excellent resources for me and were able to help us work through the risk versus benefit assessment of whether or not we should get him uh, vaccinated. Now this particular study is just one of Uh, a few others that can help clarify this situation and keep it in perspective. Now, a little bit of background, clinical trials of COVID-19 vaccines and really any vaccine trial for that matter are just too small or underpowered to detect very rare adverse events. Things that are say one in a million because these trials are typically done with 30 to 40,000 patients and therefore post-marketing surveillance is extremely important for any drug or vaccine. Fortunately, the surveillance performed on these COVID-19 vaccines has been more robust than anything ever brought through the FDA approval process. They've been more scrutinized than almost all the vaccines that have been approved in the US combined. So if you're administering vaccines or receiving vaccine, and an adverse event occurs, it should be very easy and encouraged to report it, as this is really the best way for authorities to recognize any safety signals. And by reporting, I don't mean by posting it on Instagram. I mean, reporting it through the VAERS, Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Now, across the world in the spring of this year, we started seeing these signals of myocarditis and pericarditis after the mRNA vaccines. Now, this particular study I'm talking about uh, was performed in the UK. And the European Medicines Agency, the EMA, which is kind of like our uh, FDA, they found 145 myocarditis cases out of 177 million doses of Pfizer vaccine. They found nine cases of myocarditis after 20 million doses of Moderna vaccine. Israel, also reported 275 cases of myocarditis after 5 million people were vaccinated. And here in the US, as of November 4th, there were almost 1800 reports in our reporting system of myocarditis and pericarditis, mostly among people under 30 years old after receiving mRNA vaccines. Now, this particular group they used the English National Immunization Database of COVID-19 vaccination and linked individual patients to national uh, data for mortality and hospital admissions for SARS-CoV-2 infection data to examine these associations. They used the self-controlled case series methodology to estimate incident rate ratios of hospital admissions or death. And I'll explain a little bit more about that here in a second. The people were included in this study if they had received at least one dose of the adenovirus vaccine, or the AstraZeneca vaccine, or one of the mRNA vaccines, Moderna or Pfizer vaccine there in the UK. The outcome of interest was myocarditis, pericarditis, and cardiac arrhythmia, arrhythmia, and they were identified by looking for particular ICD-10 codes in people 16 and older within 28 days preceding or following a vaccination or testing positive for COVID. <clears throat> and that way they were able to compare before and after on a uh, individual level those who received vaccines and before and after those who uh, tested positive for COVID. The study period was included uh, our study period included December 2020 up through the end of August 2021. Now this self controlled case series method is a study design where individuals act as their own control. They compare the incidence rate before the exposure in the 28 days before the exposure and the incidence rate in the 28 days after the exposure, which is either vaccine or SARS-CoV-2 positivity. And this will give you the incidence rate ratio. They, now, in order to give that rate ratio, they also adjust for seasonality and overall case rate and several other factors through poisson regression, so it's not just a straight absolute uh, ratio. The results, they looked at 38.6 million vaccinated individuals and they found 1,600 admitted for myocarditis. 397 occurred in the 28 days after a dose of vaccine. 287 of the 1,600 were admitted in the 28 days after COVID diagnosis. So the incidence rate ratio for myocarditis one week after the adenovirus vaccine was 1.7. One week after the Pfizer virus was 1.45. And one week after the Moderna vaccination was 8.38. And one week after the second dose for Moderna vaccination, it went way up to 23. Now, in comparison, one week after a positive COVID test, the incidence rate ratio for myocarditis was 21. Now, we're looking at the whole 28-day period after Moderna. The incidence rate ratio was 9.84 after the second dose and 9.76 in the 28 days after COVID. So while the difference comparing the vaccines, Moderna was higher, it was very similar to the incidence rate ratio for developing myocarditis after COVID. The pericarditis and the cardiac arrhythmia outcome was actually the opposite. It was reduced to almost nothing after any vaccine compared to after the COVID uh, diagnosis. Now, when they went and performed several, when I say several, I mean, there's just pages of subgroup analyses. They did uh, one or two particular analyses they did as they looked at age and sex. They compared those under 40 to those over 40, and then males to females, and they found an increased risk of myocarditis in the under, under 40 age group of incident, with an incident rate ratio of 20.7 after the second dose of Moderna. And 3.4 after the second dose of Pfizer, whereas the incident rate, incidence rate ratio after COVID in this subgroup was four. In men, there was an increased risk, as well, with an incidence rate ratio of nine after the second dose of Moderna and nine after testing positive for COVID. So that difference between the risk of myocarditis after COVID and the difference after the, uh, myocarditis after Moderna was much smaller, the younger the person was. They used the numbers obtained in this study to estimate the number of excess events per million for each of these outcomes, which in my mind, it's actually a little bit easier to understand than incident rate ratios that I've been talking about for the past several minutes. The article has a really nice graph, uh, which is gonna be attached to the link uh in, in this podcast as well as on our days website but it's got a very nice graph for visual comparison in figure two of these excess event outcomes overall in the total group an x ex, extra 10 myocarditis events per million would be anticipated after the second dose of moderna this is in comparison to the 40 excess events of myocarditis per million in the 28 days after COVID diagnosis, clear winner here, vaccines. And the same was also true for the pericarditis, while there was almost zero uh, uh, events, uh, excess events per million of pericarditis after the vaccines. However, when you look at myocarditis in the under 40 age group, there was an estimated 15 excess myocarditis events in per million compared to 10 after COVID positive. So in discussion or in conclusion here, this was a very helpful study that overall was consistent with other retrospective analyses, especially those performed in U.S. and in Israel. There was an overall greater risk of myocarditis and death from heart inflammation after COVID when compared to after mRNA vaccines, but this difference was smaller in men younger than 40. Irregardless, this absolute risk is still very small, and the risk of other cardiac events after COVID greatly outnumbered any of those same types of events after any vaccine for COVID. Also, the myocarditis events after the vaccine are much less severe and occur within that first week after the vaccine whereas the cardiac events of COVID in certain people can last months. Now, there are limitations and concern and caution in interpreting this information are needed because the Moderna vaccine in the UK was not rolled out until April. And there's just a smaller number of those vaccinated with Moderna compared to the Pfizer and antivirus vaccine. So the number of observations of the Moderna vaccine recipients was much lower. In conclusion, we did end up giving my 11 year old son the Pfizer vaccine dose for those aged 5 to 11. I think the known and unknown effects of COVID on him far outweigh those associated with the Pfizer vaccine, especially this lower dose. For example, there are over 2,300 cases of the multi system inflammatory syndrome, or MISC, since the pandemic began. These greatly outnumber any of the uh, possibly reported myocarditis and even pericarditis reports that we've had in the US uh, following these vaccines. Now, I also know that if he got sick with COVID, he was putting his small school, but 40 other children at his small school at risk for themselves getting COVID, and some of whom actually have pretty significant underlying health risks. At some point, I also hope that getting these vaccine rates up, and as the COVID cases decline, hospitalizations start going down, we'll eventually be able to get these darn masks off the kids at school. So signing off, this is Schaefer Spires. I want to wish you the best and happy holidays and a happy new year. We'll resume the on Digest after the first of the year. Take care.